ho, motherfucking ho! Ladies and gentlemen, all you creeps out there, welcome to a brand new episode of <laughs> I'm Justin. And I am most certainly Jeremy. And uh, we are joined this evening by our son, we like to call him. Mr. Hey, Dads. Birati, <laughs> Mr. Brady, who likes to hang out on the Vintage Horror Podcast. We had him on a few weeks ago for our Scream 2022 trailer review. So he is back again here. Ladies and gentlemen, we wanted to do something special to kick off the holiday season. Upon the release of this episode, most of you motherfuckers will be out and about going shopping, buying shit you don't need, buying shit other people don't need. They're probably going to throw it out in a few years anyway, but... We wanted to get you guys into the holiday spirit. We wanted to kick it off right. Right, Jeremy? Right? Right? Yes, absolutely. It's it's going to be Christmas time here, and I thought no better reason than to do a Christmas horror movie kills episode. That's right. We're going to be counting down our top five horror Christmas movie kills. And I, I for Christmas one... Christmas kills, not Halloween kills, that's, right? That, that's right. No, nothing to do mm. with Halloween. No, the farther I get away from those words together as in Halloween and kills I won't say them together dude you know I, 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 I intentionally bring that shit up just to fire you up like every chance I get to the point where, where our listeners are probably like dude enough but do you know how hard I, it I is I can't get enough of it do you know how hard it is for me to be on Instagram and I'm trying to be a nice guy right like I know that you liked Halloween kills mister I don't really know you in real life but I follow your graphics and images and pictures every day i'll like your post even though it's halloween kills so don't feel bad but i have to deal with that every day that i'm liking posts that are halloween kills posts so it's the the silent burden you know yeah, well, you, just, you gotta live your life and they uh, it happens they start filming the new one soon uh, halloween fuck that movie fuck that oh, movie oh you know um well, we will see and i i hope by the time we get there you know that things feel differently for me but i'm for one, very excited, again, because the Christmas season is upon us here, and one thing that I love more than anything is Christmas horror movies. It's always something that I look forward to because, of course, we always start the Halloween season early in my household, like usually around August, and then that post-Halloween depression is always really rough for a few weeks, but then I get to look forward to Christmas horror movies. So there's always that light at the end of the tunnel, and, you know... Lots of good food, good booze. And guys, I'm trying so. You know, Thanksgiving is tomorrow. Well, and upon this recording, yes, that's correct. Yeah, yes. Upon, upon. Upon. What are you, like an English gentleman? Upon, upon this recording, I do declare. Fucking. <laughs> do you have any gray? South. Poopon. <laughs> oh, that is South, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so. What do you, you know, think everybody in England sounds like? Yeah, they're like, would you like a spot of tea? Spot of the dick, I say. It's like a molasses are spilling out of your mouth. <laughs> so, oh man. So Thanksgiving is tomorrow upon this recording. Upon. So I'm, I'm still waiting for a good Thanksgiving horror film. You know, uh, there's, there's not a lot of them out there and you know I know what thanks, I'm watching on Thanksgiving blood thanks, motherfucking rage but that's me bro. there you go there you go um thanks killing is one that gets thrown out there uh, often and it it's it's a fun stupid goofy movie but let's be real not a 
like mind-blowing, perfect uh, horror holiday-themed film by any means. So I'm just waiting, filmmakers out there, someone, do a, do us a solid, man. Let's get a good Thanksgiving slasher. Other, oh, other, uh, other than Blood Rage, other because we we covered that last year on the show, and I absolutely, I mean, I I think right now that is the best, but that doesn't mean that it's a fun film that you can't you can't improve upon and, and make a better movie or you know make something more creative or do a new movie that has to do with Thanksgiving and make it bloody gory. Actually, we just talked about that a few weeks ago. Slashers really, you know, in this day and age, they're very hit or miss. That's why I'm excited to be talking about some of them on this list, Brady. We know, yeah. we know your history a little bit. Our listeners may or may not have listened to our Scream trailer episode, so maybe remind them a little bit, you know, the fact that you grew up and got to watch nothing. You're like the Wes Craven of this show. Yeah, essentially. I'm uh, Wes Craven's long-lost son. Um, no, but yeah, super religious household. Couldn't watch anything horror-related. I mean, I couldn't even watch Scooby-Doo, for Christ's sake. Um, yeah. <laughs> now you're just taking the Lord's name in vain just out of spite. Just out of spot, because I live in England. Um, <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so I, I really didn't find horror until I was an adult, so most of the movies that we all know and love as classics, I didn't get a chance to see opening day, or I saw years and years later. Uh, Justin and, and Jeremy have gone above and beyond to really help me uh, navigate through horror. Help dirty uh, your but, fucking mind, man. Ruin your soul. I mean, I've been corrupted. Um, that's for sure. Jeremy and I shared a bed together uh, for two nights in faraway Ohio, and I don't think I've ever been the same since then. Yeah, and you just shared a bed with old Justin this past weekend. Listen, I just had you with your shirt off flexing in front of me on purpose. Like, I literally made you do it, so... Yeah, I had to, like, turn around, and <laughs> so our room had <laughs> the window to the road, and Come after, on. like, five minutes, I was looking, and I was like, oh, there's, like, cars staring at us. Let me just close this real quick. <laughs> But you got to flex for daddy, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, you guys just went to the uh, the Prowler, uh, it was like the filming location the that showed the cinema. movie. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. We got to see the movie at the Cape May Inn where they shot it, and it was really fun time hanging out with Brady and got to see some cool friends. Good friend of the show, Josh Taylor, was there. Um, fucking, a good buddy of yours and Josh. mine, and he was yeah. a great time. Actually, I had more fun you know, hanging out with him at the bar and just chatting than I did. Cause you know, we just did the episode on the movie. So we had already watched it recently. It was still cool to be there for the event with like-minded horror fans. It's always a pleasure to be in a room with people that are all there for the same reason, that collective reason of just loving blood, guts and gore and violence, you know, it just yeah. warms my heart, but yeah, it was a fantastic time, and I'm just really thankful I got to see my boy Brady because he moved his mm. ass away to Boston, and we haven't seen him since I don't know when the fuck it was, like August Boston. or some shit. August, yeah, yeah. There you go. But it was, yeah, great time, man. Have, did, did you do anything over the weekend that was cool, Jeremy? Anything notable? <sighs> I went and saw Bobcat Goldthwaite, and Ooh. that was fucking great, man. Wow. Uh, yeah, Bobcat, uh, he performed in D.C. This really cool comedy club called the DC Comedy Loft. It's a very uh, small venue, which I love. I go to I go to shows there anytime that I that I can when it's artists that uh that I respect and appreciate. So I've seen um dude I saw fucking JJ from Good Times, uh fucking uh Jimmy Jimmy Walker, right? Is that his name? Sure. 
We'll go with that. Um, so I'm like, I'm like, yeah, people that I, you I'm just, like, ta- yeah, you just, now. you just talked about him last week on our Ghostbusters episode. Yeah, man. Yeah. I, and I'm like drawing a blank, but, uh, yeah, I've, I, I saw him there. Um, I've seen a couple other people there and it, it's, it's always a good time cause it's, it's very personable and dude, Bobcat, I, I laughed so fucking hard, man. His, his standup was so great. And you know, we talked pre-show and you asked if he still did the voice and no, he, he doesn't do the Bobcat voice anymore um it still comes through a little bit man like he told a really funny story about how uh he got a fucking uh concussion uh like maybe a year or so ago and he said that like he was really fucked up from it and disoriented and he went to the hospital and the doctor had his driver's license and goes okay what is your name and he goes and the doctor (laughs) didn't know who i was he was like he didn't know that i was a comedian and that i go by the name bobcat he goes so as fucked up and disoriented as I was, he was like, he's holding my driver's license, and he goes, what's your name? And, and I go, Bobcat. And he goes, mm, He goes, my name, my name's Bobcat. And he goes, your name's not Bobcat. And he goes, it's not? <laughs> and he goes, no, it's not. And he goes, what's my name? And he was like, your name is Robert. And he was like, it is? And he was like, yeah. He was like, oh, fuck, why do I think my name is Bobcat? He was like, so next thing you know, they take me into a fucking x-ray room, and the the x-ray tech that's going to do a cat scan on my brain recognizes me and goes, oh, shit, you're Bobcat. And he goes, I am. Can you tell the doctor? Can you tell the doctor that I'm Bobcat? And, like, dude, the way that he told the fucking story, dude, I was I was losing it. It was it was such a such a great time with, with great friends. When my friend uh, Anthony, Mike, and our buddy Carlos... So yeah, it was a good time, man. It was a uh, super cool, super cool. Fantastic, yeah. I, yeah, sounds like a blast. I wish, I wish I had known about it. I probably would have been there, as I was telling you pre-show. I was just watching an episode of Larry Sanders the same day that he appeared on, and then like I look on Facebook, and of course, as always, and as our listeners know, I'll be like, "Man, fuck Jeremy." You know, it's always yeah, that weird thing me. where where it connects, where it's like. I'm looking at something that directly relates to whatever it is you're doing, and I have no idea about it. I'm like, <laughs> motherfucker. Dude, um, I'm always doing shit, man. I'm of always course on you move. are. Of course you are. You wouldn't be you if you didn't. So, yeah, man. Yeah. Uh, that's that's fucking awesome. But Yeah, I had uh, I had Bobcat sign an Are You Afraid of the Dark poster because he was in an episode back in the 90s. He played the Sandman. What season was that? I want to say I think it was season five. Okay, and it, it had, was yeah. it was Tale of the Final Wish was the it, name of the episode. I was gonna say it had to be in a later season because I know I just recently rewatched through almost all of the seasons that were available on Amazon, and I don't remember him being on there. So that's awesome. Yeah, I'll have to yeah. whenever I can get that you know bootleg box set that you mentioned. I'll have to have to go through it again. But dude, yeah, I've got one for you. Oh, yes, yes. Christmas is coming up. And actually, um, in between now and... In betwinst? The weekend here. I am turning 38. I don't really give a fuck about my birthday. But you better believe that I'm going to put on a vintage paper Batman Returns birthday hat for the weekend and wear it the entire time. Go out in public with that shit. Just because that's what I want to do for my birthday. Dude, I don't want to... Have- you should have the Elfman score blasting from your pocket. Dude, I don't want to... Mm. I don't want to buy anything. I just... I don't even know what I want to do. Actually, I'm not going to say it on this show. It's it's yeah. just it's no matter how bad this show can get, you know, it's it's just not it's not 
proper. It's not proper upon the night of this episode. <laughs> upon, <laughs> my, upon the 38th year of my birth, I do declare. I do declare. Yeah, well, I'm from England, can't you tell? <laughs> I mean, I'm from England proper. You know, I'm sitting here, and as I normally do on this show, I try to bring a new flavor every single week to sip on, and I finally decided to do it after, yes, 38 years of not having this in my hand. I am trying eggnog. I'm really trying hard to get to the Christmas Get the fuck spirit. out of here. You've never had eggnog? Never had eggnog. You know this about me. I've never had it. Every year I think about trying it, and every year I'm like, it looks kind of like cum, so. <laughs> well, you've had that. I know, but, dude, I, that has to be an acquired taste thing at the right place in the right time. I don't want to just pour a cup of it and drink it for pleasure. Oh, God. I got to earn what? it, you know? You got to make some. I'm going to throw up. But, yeah, of course. But, dude, this shit's not bad. It's the whatever. Br- okay, so I went into the store. Is it Turkey Hill? No, let me see. It's the. Do we have to bleep that out? Are they going to sponsor us? <laughs> that would suck if they did. I'd be dead, bro. I wouldn't even live. Turkey Hill has great no. lemonade. Oh, well, they have good ice cream, actually. Never mind. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's Evan Williams' original Southern eggnog made with Kentucky straight bourbon whiskey, blended whiskey, rum, and brandy. It's very light. You like said a, Southern English, I do declare. Yes, right. Evan upon, Williams. Upon this evening, I will be drinking <laughs> I think you meant probably Sir the entire bottle of this shit because it's super light and it's very tasty. Oh, dude, it just looks I good. will warn you, dude. Like that, that shit goes down easy, but the next day, coming out, oh. It's like straight some like of the Nerf worst gun. bowel movements. Fucking. You know it's like Nerf gun, water gun shit. I could probably <laughs> use that. I could probably <laughs> use that. That helps. A little bit of a laxative in the morning always kind of helps me get through and get prepared for the day. Yeah. Just saying. Hey, Tito's is the where's, perfect Where's laxative. the worst place any of you guys have ever taken a shit? Like the, like, oh, like, like something that you were like, this is the worst circumstance that I've ever been in for taking a shit. Okay. I got one. You ready? Hit Can me. I go first? Yes. All right, Justin, you were here for part of it, but, uh, we went to see Under Oath at uh, Ram's Head. And this was, what, three years ago, Justin? Four years ago, something like that? Yep, three or four. And it was a great night. We got there. I'm short, so I couldn't see shit. And one of the security guys was like, hey, a bunch of VIP people, VIP people didn't show up. Do you want to go upstairs to the highest level, like VIP section, and look? And we were like, well, fuck yeah, we do. So Justin, Danny, Paige, and I all got to go up there and had this amazing view of Under Oath's full set. Great time. Drinking. On the way there, I had had hummus and carrots. And I ate like a whole (laughs) container of hummus. (laughs) I didn't fucking know. I had never had hummus in my life. And Paige was like, yeah, we're going to try to be healthier. We're not going to McDonald's. You're going to have hummus. And I was like, all right, tastes good. So as we're leaving the concert, I felt the shift. I felt the tremble. But I, I, I said, you know, we're just going to walk to the car. Go to the parking garage. We get in. It was destiny. As soon as we come out of that parking garage, everything just lined up. And I was like, Paige, you need to find a bathroom now. And it was like midnight in Baltimore, so nothing's opening. I mean, even during the day, you still have to like pay to get go to the bathroom. So we're about to hit the highway, and I am like shifting in the seat. I'm moving it up and down. I am trying to get comfortable. The window is down. My head is out. And I looked Paige dead in the eye, and I said, if you do not find a bathroom, I will shit in your car right now. <laughs> So luckily, we found this McDonald's 10 minutes before they close. I run to the bathroom. I I pulled down my pants, and before I could even sit on the seat, I just shat all over the seat. 
So their ice and cream I, machine may have been broken, but your your soft serve was working just fine. My soft serve was working just fine. Uh, and then I had to walk out and face four McDonald's employees all staring at me as I just walked back to the car. <laughs> you were like fucking straight like Ian Malcolm. You're like, must, must go faster. <laughs> so what about, what about you, Justin? Story. I mean, honestly, it's probably uh, one of the times I played a show... It was called Woodstock. We would do them like, not Woodstock, but um, excuse me, Nickstock. I misspoke there because I thought I did something bigger in my life with music than I actually did. So <laughs> yeah, it's called Nickstock. It was a random thing at a camp every year. I know a couple of our listeners that are my old band members will remember doing them. We would always co-headline them and actually do very well. We'd get a very large crowd, but I just remember being extremely hammered and on all kinds of different uh, substances, if you will. Um, and I had to take a shit and there was nowhere to go near where we were camping. And I literally just puked and shit at the same time, standing up in front of my girlfriend's tent. <laughs> and there was a bunch of people standing there. So, yeah, I mean, it was just in front of people. They were looking at me. Luckily I didn't get any of my pants, but I had to find someone to find a t-shirt, an old t-shirt to use to wipe my ass. Cause there wasn't no teepee around for my bunghole. Oh, dude. So, you know, what's what's really ironic about all of our poop stories. Cause I'm about to tell mine is that all three of our poop stories revolve around rock music because oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. So, so my worst poo experience ever was, it was probably 2004. Went to OzFest, right? Like, I, I remember very little about that show except for, like, Chevelle played Oz fucking fest. Like, Marilyn Manson. Oh, I love Chevelle. Yeah, Marilyn Manson was on stage, like, with the fucking, mm. like, dildo and some shit like that. And I remember, like, he fucking, he took a drink out of this water bottle and he threw it in the crowd. And, like, I looked up to see where it was going and, like, a water droplet from his water bottle, like, fell down perfectly right on my lips and I was like, oh god damn it, dude. I was like, you were like wiping my my lips off like fucking Marilyn Manson spit water just one on my fucking mouth. So anyway, so dude, we had uh me and my buddy Craig had we stopped at 7 Eleven on the way to Ozfest. It's like it was like a hundred and fucking like two degrees outside, right? We stop at 7 Eleven and we eat 7 Eleven big bite hot dogs. Mm. And I, I've got, I've got all you get the, the nacho f- cheese on top of that. I, I got all the fixins, right? Yeah. So like, I eat this fucking Seven Eleven big bite, dude. We get to Ozfest, like I said, it's like a thousand degrees outside. So I'm like, oh my god, I'm gonna shit my, I'm gonna shit my fucking pants. So I told my buddy Craig, I was like, dude, I gotta, go, I gotta go, I gotta go to the bathroom, I gotta go, I gotta go. So I, I run in the bathroom. Of course, like it's nothing but like fucking, you know, like drunked up fucking rednecks that attend Ozfest, right? They're like, yeah, man, Black Label Society is playing later, brother. So, like, fucking, they're all, like, shit-faced. They're all pissing all over the fucking seat and stuff. Dude, I open up the only stall that's available, and it was like Godzilla took a fucking piss all (laughs) over. Like, it is so saturated with piss that I was like, fuck. So I'm like, I'm, like, taking globs of toilet paper, like, wiping probably a thousand people's piss off this fucking seat. And so finally I'm like, all right, cool. I, I, I mummify this motherfucker. I wrapped the toilet seat. Like it was a fucking Egyptian Pharaoh dude. So finally I sit down or I'm about to sit down and I realize the fucking lock on the bathroom stall is broken. Like, so like there's just no locking the door. Right. And of course, like this is a huge, like, like, 
you know, venue, you know, it's an outdoor venue. So there's like thousands and thousands of people. So I'm like, dude, I'm, a, I'm literally like straight Perry dog in it. So I finally, I, I'm sitting down on the toilet, but I'm having to hold the stall door shut. Right. So I'm shitting my brains out. I'm holding the stall door. So if, in case anybody tries to like open it, I'm like, oh, I'm in here. Someone's in here. Someone's in here. So like, but like, it was so fucking, it was so fucking hot that I'm dripping sweat shitting in this disgusting bathroom while like fucking drunk dudes are trying to push the stall door open and I had to continuously go, oh, someone's in here. Someone's in here. It was the worst poo experience of my life. And I'm really glad mm. we took the time to discuss these so things. We, you know, I, feel like I'm, I feel like I'm still working through it mentally. Yeah. I feel relief. Well, you know, yeah. most of all. It is probably, I mean, when you think about the holiday season, I mean, taking dumps is a very large part of that, you know? I mean, oh, I'm going to take a monster dump tomorrow night. Think, that's for man, sure. All, all the food that you're eating, a lot of us, a lot of the booze we're drinking, you know, I can mix all that shit together. Mom and grandma's cookies and that fudge that your aunt brought that you don't know what the fuck is that. Yeah. It kind of leads to releasing that with your bowel movements in a very distinct and dangerous way. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> oh yeah, there's a segue if we ever had one. We're going to take a quick promo <laughs> break, and then when we come back, that's correct, yes, Christmas, Santa Claus, and death are top five horror Christmas movie kills. We will be right back. Hi, this is Mikey. And this is Maddie, and we are the Alone in the Dark podcast. Join us on this nostalgic journey through horror where you will find top five themed podcasts and audio commentaries curated for some of your favorite horror films. If you're into celebrating the best films that came out during a certain year, then you'll really dig our class of episodes. We even repurpose lines from your favorite horror movies to create a brand new story for our special In the World of podcasts. We bring you something different each and every episode, so let us be your video store curators. Fun is guaranteed, and there are never any late fees. Remember... You're never really alone in the dark. Oh, yeah, we're back at it once again. Coming back to you live from the Brainstrew headquarters. Hose! 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 There's some hose in this house. Dude. There's some hose in this so, house. So, <laughs> so we're doing our uh, top five Christmas-themed horror kills. And, you know, I, I know typically we do, you know, some honorable mentions, but you guys just said, ho, ho, ho. And it just reminded me of uh, Santa's sleigh, which featured mm. pro wrestler Goldberg That's as right. Santa Claus. That's mm -hmm. a really fucking fun movie. It's not on my list, but it's a really fucking fun movie. Produced uh, by Brian Singer, I believe, right? I, I have no idea. That's crazy. I think, I, honestly, dude, if I partially remember bits and pieces of that movie because I watched it totally shit-faced at my friend Nick Haskins' house, the the old epic film guy that used to be on the show all the time. But I do recall watching it, and I do recall Goldberg being absolutely terrible in it, but it being very hilarious. Oh, fantastic. He was fantastic, man. Like, <laughs> when he comes, he comes down the chimney, and there's, like, Fran Drescher, and, like, her daughters are at the dinner table, and he points at each of them, and he goes, ho, ho, ho. Like, dude, it's Fucking hilarious. Well, I might need to throw that on my rewatch list here, but ladies and gentlemen, we're going to jump into this list, and we could not move any further without throwing it first to our guest, our novice horror fan here, Mr. Brody. Brady. 
Cloven. L- little baby Breda. Yeah, let's see. So go ahead, man. So kick it off with your number five kill. Yeah, so thanks for letting me go first. My number five. No pressure. No pressure at all. None well, on this show. It wasn't until now. Yeah. Um, anyways, I thrive under pressure, okay? That's why I love anyways, you. Anyways. Do it. Get number to five. It. I love you, too. <laughs> number five for me is uh, a scene from 2015's Krampus. Directed by Michael Doherty, yeah. who we all yeah. are pretty sure on this pod know and love. Um, you know, for me, Krampus was a movie I actually got to see in theaters. I was old enough to make those decisions on my own. I went with my brother-in-law to AMC Potomac Mills, which is by far one of the shittiest theaters it's so around. It's so, it's dirty. so bad. Uh, and he smuggled in some German porters for us uh, that we could have and drink. It's a good time. Uh, love the movie. I think it's a really fun movie. It's a classic rewatch for me every Christmas season. But the scene that really gets me in this is when they're going up into the attic and there's a killer jack-in-the-box by the name of Der Clown. Yeah. And that scene where Der Clown is just swallowing Jordan whole and the shoes are disappearing into the oh. bloody fucking mouth and then it just smiles like the fucking predator when it goes... <laughs> And, I mean, extra points because, you know, he wipes his mouth at the end. But I, I hate clowns. I'm going to say that right now. Anything clown-related scares the absolute shit out of me to this day. So this part was pretty hard to get through, even back then. And, uh, yeah, it just it's, it sticks in my mind. It instantly terrifies me. I love well, it. I, I got to say, if I didn't already love you a lot before we did this episode, I love you even more because that kill may or may not be showing up on my honorable mentions list. Ooh, yeah. ooh it's I, genetic. I love me some fucking Krampus, man. That's definitely an mm-hmm. annual watch for me, and I, I can't wait to get Shout Factory's new, brand new 4K Ultra HD edition in like a week, so I'll definitely be talking about cast. that on the show. Oh, 100%. So, great pick, dude. Thank you. Excellent pick. Who's next? So, so did, it, excuse me for not knowing, because maybe there's been an explanation out there somewhere. But is there a reason why Krampus's mouth doesn't fucking move in that movie? Well, apparently, and this is what I gathered from behind-the-scenes features of Michael Doherty. When I saw the movie, Jeremy, for the first time, and I'll try not to go off on a tangent, I was waiting for the entire movie for him to take off what is his mask. That's right, a right. mask. For sure, for sure. Okay. So I was waiting for him to take off what is a demented Santa mask off his face and actually right. see the bit the beast underneath right but they they never did so it was, i think it was just a creative choice which i think really gives the film some terrifying and very iconic imagery at the time i was a little bit put off by the fact that we didn't get to see the face underneath yeah so i i, I know they did the close-up of his eyes underneath yeah, the, you can see the eyes like underneath that. yeah but i just like it was one of those things while watching the movie. I always just wished that like maybe the mask like was formed to the face and he could fucking move it like his mouth or something. Like, I don't know uh, if, if I could go in and change one thing in a movie that exists. uh, Hey man, this, this new, this new edition is going to be the uncut director's cut. So who knows what's in there? Maybe there's a little Easter egg and, We'll see more. So yeah, if you if you good. if anybody listening wants an autographed copy from Michael Doherty, if you go on Dark Delicacy's website, uh, you can pre-order a autographed copy of it. Dude, it's only forty bucks, and it comes with the autograph on it. So yeah, that's uh, where Dark I, that, Del D E L dot com. Check that out. 
That's where I just ordered my autographed copy of The Night House from, actually. So, oh, oh fuck yeah, dude. David yeah. Bruckner, man. Love, love that. Love Good that shit. site. So, actually, Jeremy, might as yeah. well throw it to you for your number five, baby. Well, Braddy kicked it off right by starting with Krampus. So, my number five also comes from Krampus. Oh. Um, yeah, and, and mine is not, like, one of these, like, over-the-top kills, and I don't... You know, it's debatable on how the film ends if you would consider it a kill or not. But Max getting thrown into the fire pit at the end of Krampus. Yeah. I love it, dude. Right? That's fucking I, I, bad. The reason, the reason I love it so much is because here's a moment where in typical Hollywood films where they would try to give you that feel-good ending, Of right? course, yeah. Where, you know... Krampus is holding Max over the fire pit, and he's like, you know, I just wanted Christmas to be how it used to be. And you think, as as the audience and as a moviegoer, that you know it's going to happen. You think that Krampus is going to undo everything, and that everything is going to be right as rain, and that the family's together, and they're happy. And then you find out that uh, it doesn't quite pan out like that. They end up in the, uh, the snow globe. But yeah, he gets thrown in the fire pit, man. And I just, I love, I love that because it, it, Took a hard left when you thought that it was gonna try to tie things up in a bow, and I th- I, I just think that that's fantastic. I, I absolutely loved it too, and I, I find it very interesting, Jeremy, that there are fans out there that it's a debatable thing as to whether or not he lives or not. But regardless of that, we don't really know, so it's definitely left up to your own imagination. And of course, us growing up with our love of classic Amblin like. Gremlins movies, which obviously Krampus is heavily inspired by, but also liking our mean-spirited horror movies, which a lot of them are going to show up on this list. Um, I love that in-between where it just leaves it up to your imagination. It's a lot of fun. And Doherty's one of the best directors out there that's doing that right now. So, fantastic pick, man. I love all the love for Krampus. I gotta say, it was hard, but I'm not sure one of those kills makes it on my main list. But, moving ahead... This holiday season, the sleigh ride begins in what is mostly considered one of the worst remakes of all time, guys. I considered an adored yearly annual tradition in the Escovel household, and I can't do this list without mentioning it. That's right. It's 2006's Black Xmas. Many years ago, I shunned this movie for being a remake of the iconic legendary The first beginning of North American Slasher's Black Christmas. And later on, after I watched the 2019 movie and almost had a heart attack and nervous breakdown, (laughs) and I had to really take a break, I came home and I said, you know what? I'm just going to watch that movie. And it was a palate cleanser. It gave me a super fun, over-the-top, bloody gory kill fest and that's really all that i wanted out of a black christmas remake that was made in modern times it's so silly and it's a blast from start to finish but my favorite kill in this movie is it's michelle trachtenberg's character melissa kitt when she is running away from the killer and an ice skate literally is chucked from across the fucking room at light speed and it scalps the top of her head in which creating this gigantic blood spray all over the window, and then you get a close-up of a prosthetic fucking meatless skull head laying there. Just blood splatter, skulls being smashed, an ice skate being used as a weapon. Nothing screams the holiday season more than that to me. And like I said, this has become an annual watch. I'm, I'm so sad that it's not available 
uh, for home video right now. The DVD has been out of print. The Blu-ray has no been out shit. of print. Yeah, for, are they going? Dude, are they going for big bucks? Yeah, yeah. eBay. It's like the. the, the I, original. I have a copy on on DVD. How much is it going for? I, uh, I don't know. Last I looked at me, a DVD was probably like 50 bucks, but the Blu-ray was going for like 150. I own it on oh, digital, shit. which again, I saw a few at FYE. is fine. But, you know, the uncut version, which apparently is the version, is the version to own. I've only been able to rent it on digital. But ladies and gentlemen, seriously, I implore you, if you have not watched that movie is movie, fucking great. It's, it's fucking a lot great. of fun. It's super oh, fun. Yeah. It's super gory. There's a lot of kills. It came out at a time when this kind of movie wasn't really the hip thing to watch. So that's my number five. Dude, there there was a point in that movie where the killer takes like a cookie cutter and uses it on people's skin yeah. and takes the skin and puts it in the oven and has like skin cookies. <laughs> Dude, it's, it's the most demented shit ever. And it's honestly gorgeously shot. It's very colorful. It really captures the holiday season perfectly. Again, I understand why people were against it for so long, but motherfuckers, y'all went and saw the 2019 remake, and that was one of the most deplorable pieces of shit I've ever watched my entire I've life. I've never seen it, and yeah, you will never see it. Don't. Yeah, thanks ever. to your episode, I will. I will never watch that movie. But yep, there's my number five. On to you, Brady, for your number four. All right, coming in hot with number four is uh, another horror movie that I actually saw as a child. It was on TV. It was on AMC which is how I got to see any of the, the horror movies I did catch glimpses of as a kid. It was Gremlins. Um, you know, movie terrified me. As a kid, I had this issue where I couldn't reconcile these cartoonish-looking beings with this amount of terror that they were causing. And so while I was watching it when I wasn't supposed to, I kept being floored at like, okay, well, these things are supposed to be cute and cuddly, and then they turn into this, and and they kill people, and it it just couldn't make sense to me. So that stuck with me for a long time. But the kill that really got me, that I just love, is Mrs. Deagle. And that scene where she opens the door after fucking around with her cat, and those gremlins are out there just singing Christmas carols. (laughs) I mean, you feel her fear, man. Like, you feel it. And she just you know, stutters backwards and gets in that chair and then fucking goes off Lightning McQueen speed and gets sent right out the fucking window, feet up and everything. I I just, I love it. And it makes me laugh every time, but it also still gives me that fear of, man, this fucking old lady opened the door to these nasty-ass looking creatures (laughs) singing Silent Night, Holy Night, or whatever the fuck they were singing, and Uh, then gets killed. Immediately, just, just that depiction alone, makes me want to watch Gremlins right now. You know, I would love to to read the original script for uh, Chris Columbus's Gremlins because it was a straight up horror straight film. horror there, movie. There, yeah. there was there was no lightheartedness. There was no, you know, redeeming like you know family friendly qualities about it. It was a straight up horror film, and you know the producer Steven Spielberg and 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 Warner Brothers were like, hey, this is great, but like. It's too dark. Like we need to, and it's going to cost a lot more money than they wanted to spend, and they might as well open it up to a bigger audience. And I'm just going to come out on a limb and say that I love you for your pick. And for me, Gremlins can't ever show up on a strictly horror list for me because I don't consider it a horror movie. It has mm. horror elements, but at the mm. forefront, it's not a horror movie. The, the, dude, I. Eh. Hey, this the is first, a discussion for another time. The and first, I'm, the first, the first film I. I I don't know, man. There's a lot of horrific shit in it. There is, but the tone of the movie is what matters to me 
from a critic's perspective. And yeah. while there are some scary parts, it's just as fun and heartwarming as it is spooky. So for me, if that's the the main balance of the movie, you know, the movie opens with a father trying to buy a gift for his kid for Christmas. And it turns out to be this furry, adorable creature. And I'm not going to go off on a tangent on this. We could leave it for another time. I'm sure when I intro my double feature that I'm hosting in a few weeks at Alamo, Gremlins 1 and Gremlins 2, I'll get in on this and I'm sure I'll get some booze for it. But it's just for me, to be a straight horror movie, it needs to be a horror movie. But I get that, you know, the original concept and there are some really scary parts and it, it falls in line in that community, especially with the prosthetics and the monsters and and puppets and stuff. But that's just me. That's me. Well, so. if if you have that episode on Gremlins, you know, bring me back on and, well, and we can talk about it. And then we'll, tell you, it, and then we'll tell you you're wrong, Justin. Hey, I mean, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, I just explained yeah. why, so whatever. It, it's tone tone is something in movies, but go ahead with your your number four. <laughs> I don't know if you guys watch movies, but there's this thing called tone. <laughs> uh, just saying. I mean, we did we did cover Ghostbusters Afterlife. We're a horror movie podcast, and we covered Ghostbusters Afterlife last well, week. Hey, so the same could be said the, about... About that, there's ghosts in it, so there yeah, you I mean, go. there's there's killer fucking creatures we, in we Gremlins. Could, we could we could cover Gremlins on here. What I'm saying is, <laughs> it's not a horror movie, and neither is Ghostbusters, but they have strong horror elements. Yeah. Okay. So we're just no, like I mean, crossing I, I, out my my. All right, here, here, here it is. That. Here it is. Right now. When you were a kid and you wanted to rent Gremlins or Ghostbusters, did you go to the horror section? No, you fucking didn't. You did I not go allowed. to the horror section. I I don't know. You 100% didn't go to the horror section. I know because I rented both and they were both in the fucking family section. So just well, saying. They're both you, PG. You grew up in New York, motherfucker. All right. I grew I don't up. Feel like, I don't feel like Blockbuster is the best to base your. I wasn't no, going no, to Blockbuster, I, I, motherfucker. I was going to Video King. Oh, well, <laughs> now that clears some things up. For I, wonder, us. I wonder how they're doing these days, Video King. Are they still. Uh... I think they're thriving. Yeah, yeah, good for them. Um, so my number four <laughs> is another one that Justin is going to tell me isn't a horror film. <laughs> um, it is uh, Jack Frost, and not the one with Michael with Michael Keaton. That's Dude, a that's a horror movie. <laughs> yeah, so I have a difficult time saying Michael Keaton now because uh, I've got an inside joke with one of my friends that is like, "Dude, Arnold Schwarzenegger saying Michael Keaton would." be him saying my gold kitten he's my gold kitten so uh yeah <laughs> and so my my number four is jack frost and not the michael my gold kitten one uh and it's uh shannon elizabeth is in this oh. scene and oh, she plays this one. Oh, she i plays, stayed so far away from I this stayed, one. i saw <laughs> i wanted to put this on there jill metzner oh. and there is going a for very I'm going for it. There's a very gratuitous scene where she's, you know, uh, taking a shower. And, and what I loved, you know, I'm, I'm going to switch gears real quick, is the Slumber Party Massacre remake that just hit sci-fi. They did a really hilarious parody that kind of parodies things like this where there was a dude that was taking a shower and it was like all these close-up scenes of him like He had some really body. good abs, man. He had some dude. really good abs. Yeah, yeah. great glutes. Um, so... And uh, and Jack Frost, Shannon Elizabeth is 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 in the bathtub, and she's like you know really meticulously washing her body to this really horrible guitar playing music, and uh, Jack Frost materializes in the bathtub, and it starts with the carrot floating up in the tub, and then all of a sudden it just uh, a snowman appears, and dude, I I've always really liked this movie. Um, it it's one that I've always found great fun. You know, I I am, you know, I I would say an apologist, but I don't apologize for this shit. I love full moon movies. I love, 
you know, the old school trauma movies. And I love really, really cheesy straight to video films like Jack Frost was. I've always had a great time with it. And I, uh, I always got a kick out of that scene. So that's my number four. Sweet. Well, Jeremy, we must be falling in line with our psych today. We're connecting again. Uh Uh-oh. All the king's horses and all the king's men couldn't give a rat's ass about Tyler Snowman because a kill from Jack Frost is 100% showing up on my list at number four. Billy Metzner decapitated (laughs) with a sled. Uh, Dude, it's the first case of bullying to show up on this list. It may not be the last, but words to the wise. Don't try to sled through a kid's yard that has befriended a killer snowman. It's not going to turn out to be a good thing for you. You're going to end up getting a fucking toboggan over your neck and your head's going to fly in the air. Oh, I love that you said toboggan, bro. Yeah, well, like, the, old, the old school ones, man. Yeah, the, they're the ones with the blades if it was a plastic oh, sled. Oh, shit. Yeah. Dude, that's not what I thought you were talking about. So, like, uh, I've got family in West Virginia, um, and I, I am an apologist about that. And uh, <laughs> so in, uh, in West Virginia, like, where at least where my family's from, uh, beanies are also known as toboggans. No so when, shit. Yeah, okay. so 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 when you said, t- and like, I, like, dude, when I moved here, like, nobody knew what the fuck I was talking about. I was like, oh, I like your toboggan. They're like, what the fuck are you talking about, man? It's a beanie hat. <laughs> who, the, who the fuck is this kid? Who's he talking about, man? I ain't got no sled on my back. Yeah, he's like, you're talking about a toboggan. So that's what I thought you were talking about. I was like, oh, shit. So, no, it's just me I mean, once I'm, again. I'm pretty sure he's wearing, yeah, he's wearing a winter fucking hat. He's wearing basically a beanie in the scene, too, and the kid gets killed. So, yeah, dude, no, for sure. And 100%, man, Jack Frost fucking rules. I just decided to not choose a kill where a female character gets raped by a snowman. That's just, I mean, I like yeah, the I, scene. I, I think it's just a classic I, I like move, the you know? scene, but I was just like, you know where that <sighs> carrot went? You know where that carrot went? I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah. It's all yeah. good. It's all good. Yeah. So I, I, I stand, I stand, I stand by my story. Listen, whatever. It's that's your prerogative, my friend. Brady, I don't even know where you're going to go after this, but we're on to you, this man, one, for your number three. Right. So this one's a little out there. And I don't know if either of you have seen this. You probably have, but Craig Anderson's Red Christmas from 2016. Either of you seen that? No. I've seen it on so many people's lists of you yeah. know, to watch movies for Christmas. I've never watched it. So holy shit, man. You're coming went, fresh on this. I know. I went out on a, on my own. You know, I, I strayed from my daddy's and watched a movie on my own. And I, I got to say, this movie is not good at all. Okay. Like this, this movie is horrible. Well, you were making me feel really bad for a second for like, I have never even fucking <laughs> yeah, heard of it. We neither, and I thought you were dropping some knowledge. So I was like, fuck, man. No, no, no. The poster no, looks cool. Horrible. The poster looks The only cool. good thing about it is that D. Wallace is in it. <laughs> oh. And I love me some D. Wallace. Yeah. Uh, essentially, the plot is that this widow, D. Wallace, uh, gathers her family for Christmas at a cabin in the woods. But then a deformed stranger named Cletus shows up at the doorstep and starts wreaking havoc on this family. So there's lots of good kills in it. Like, that's, that's the, the decent part about it. One of the kills, which is my number three, is Cletus and one of the family members are getting into a fight in the kitchen. And it's all over the place. Cletus ends up breaking a blender. So all that's spinning is the blade with nothing around it. And he slowly pushes the victim's head down onto the spinning blade. And what makes this so fucking good is that with the abruptness 
that the victim just stops moving, like stops fighting. Like as soon as that blade hits the head, just stops, and the eyes just fill with blood and turn black, and then pop and just spew blood out everywhere. Mm. And when I saw it, I my my jaw just dropped. Like it it made the movie worth getting to that point, or at least looking up the clip on YouTube. So yeah. That's my number three. Dude, yeah. I mean, you, you said it was a terrible movie, but that description alone, I was like, yeah, maybe I'll watch this thing. Yeah. If it's got good kills, I don't give a fuck how bad of a movie it is. That's why I'm watching it. <laughs> Halloween it, kills? It was, it was very hard God to get God damn through. it, Jeremy. Seriously? <laughs> <laughs> Any chance I get. Not, a, not as hard as a Halloween kills. That's for it, sure. It'll be like mid-February, and he'll still be doing this shit to me. But all right. So <sighs> thank God for this. Tasty, delicious American beverage. That thick, thick drink. It's very creamy and yellow. And very spicy. Eggnog. Actually, I mm. I like it. I get why people hate on it, but this is... This it's is not pretty, bad. It's pretty good. Like, this is, this is... I've had way worse things than this. Like, you ever drink fucking gas station coffee with that shit cream they have in it? Yeah. I'm just saying. Yeah. Whatever. This is better than that but all right so that was your number three moving on to you jeremy we're in the top threes here baby linnea quigley denise in deadly night yes held on some antlers dude what a great inventive kill man i i i love it I, i i i love that kill and it's always a highlight for watching this film because it's just done so well um yeah that's that's my number three I've uh I met I met the dude that uh that plays Billy and uh got my picture taken with him I've met Linnea several times she's such a sweetheart um she was smoking hot back in the day um still you know she's a pretty older lady but you know she's older and shit now um yeah, I mean, what yeah. what can be said about Silent Night, Deadly Night that hasn't been said? It's a it's a beloved beloved holiday slasher film. So yeah, definitely my number three. Yep, it's about to be mentioned again here. All right, now we're sneaking up again. Woo! But it's not the same kill because I I really had to sit down and decipher which one is the one that I look forward to the most, and I really do love that kill. Definitely showing up on my honorable mentions, particularly the uncut version where, you know, obviously when you saw it in the theater back in 1984, you did did not see the antlers, you know, ripping through her rubber chest, which I love in the uncut version so, so much. Um, and it's one of the best stalk and slash scenes in the entire movie. 100%. It's really what makes that movie special. Um, but for me, you know, we got Mac here. He's just some poor motherfucker that was trying to bully some other kids, you know, punch them in the stomach, steal their sled and have a grand old time during (laughs) Christmas break. And oops, he gets killed. You know, imagine waiting for your friend to come down the hill, you know, after you beat up a bunch of poor kids half your size, only to see your friend when he gets there beheaded with his ugly ass head rolling down behind him. It's, It's one of my favorite kills ever. And I look forward to it every time I watch the movie. Um, because you just don't expect it, especially the first time you've seen the movie and just that image of, you know, you're out having a great time. It's like fucking Christmas season. It's freezing. You're just out sledding. I I miss those, those nights, man. Like I miss being a kid and and feeling that kind of excitement. 
And then you literally see a head get lopped off with an axe by Santa Claus. It's, it's oh. been, you just gotta love it, man. It's fantastic. It's, it's one of my favorite Christmas slashers. So, dude, parents were fucking outraged over that movie, like so hardcore when it came out, like so much boycotting and you know people holding up, you know holding up signs outside of movie theaters. <laughs> yeah, uh, man, really, it really pissed a lot of people off, which I think is fantastic. Yeah, a few years back, ladies and gentlemen, if you want to hear my full retrospective on the movie, I'm pretty sure it was 2019 uh, that I did a whole entire episode released on Christmas, mind you. And yes, I got some shit for doing that. People weren't very happy about it. But hey, that's that's what you got to do. You got to instill that Christmas spirit. That showbiz, baby. That's right. So, guys, we are down to our top two. This is where it gets all dirty, man. This is where it gets all really tough, like top two. What you got, Brady? All right. So I threw it back to a classic for my number two. It's not a horror film. We're going back to Black Christmas. <laughs> it's not a horror 19- film. <laughs> it's a Home Alone. Um, <laughs> the Tarantula. We don't see what happens to it. Best, wow. Dude, I never best, I never thought of that. Dude, <laughs> best, best scream in cinema history. Daniel Stern. Daniel Stern, yeah. Oh, yeah. Marv, oh, yeah. Tarantula on his face. Best scream. I'd scream like that. Uh, but no, my number two is going back to Black Christmas, 1974. The iconic Christmas horror, right? And I know we all think of Claire when we think of Black Christmas. But for me, the best kill in that is Barb. So My boy. As, my boy. as a kid who suffered from asthma growing up, having an asthma attack is terrifying. You can't breathe. Nobody really understands what's going on. You feel like you can't talk. So Barb goes through this asthma attack, and she's just barely recovering when Big Bad Billy sneaks in that room and grabs that fucking unicorn, and he's whispering, and he's talking, and she wakes up, and he just... the Oh, my God. The Giallo-style shots in that with the music in the background and the slow motion and the splatter when her hand comes up. Just contrasting that at the door with the kids caroling, like it's, oh, I'm just getting chills thinking about it right now. So for me, that that's worth watching every year. And, and I mean, not even just Christmas, like I could watch that any time of the year. So that's my number two. Fantastic pick. Jeremy, what's your number two? So my number three was Silent Night, Deadly Night, right? So my number two is Silent Night, which was a, a soft remake of the original classic film and directed by Stephen C. Miller, a filmmaker that I, I love his work. I, I love his directing aesthetic. Um, he's made some some great horror films like Automaton Transfusion, which he made when he was like super, super young. It was a no-budget zombie movie that was picked up for Dimension Extreme. Um, he is a fantastic action director now and and Hollywood knows it so when they they've got these foreign markets that they want these action films he's the guy they hire now because he can get in and churn out you know a movie for five million dollars that looks like it was you know a hundred million dollars and uh I mean he's made some uh, pretty much everything you've seen Bruce Willis in the past couple years (laughs) (laughs) Stephen C. Miller has directed quite a bit of that um, he does a lot of the direct-to-video uh, action stuff, but he also made uh, Escape Plan 2 with Sylvester Stallone. and Which wasn't the worst thing I've ever nah, seen. No, dude, I mean, I, it, it, 
you know, in talking with him, like we're Facebook friends and, and I've chatted with him quite a bit and, you know, talking with him, the original script and what he wanted to do that was greenlit was was way more like left field and would have been way more adventurous. It was it leaned way more into sci-fi and things. And um, as soon as it you know went into production, the studio mandated a lot of rewrites, and his vision didn't really make it onto the screen as so it happens in Hollywood. But he made a soft remake of the classic Silent Night, Deadly Night, simply titled just Silent Night. And, man, there is such a brutal kill in this movie that I remember watching it for the first time thinking, like, oh, my fucking God, no way. Like, they're not going to, he's not going to do this. And he did, and it involves a wood chipper. There is a chick that is topless that is trying to get away from this Santa Claus killer and... Dude, he literally picks her up and throws her into a wood chipper, and they show it. All of it. Like, there's no cutaway. There's no just close-up of of the body parts coming out of the wood chipper. You see it all happening at once, and it is brutal as fuck. I I love it, man, and it's so mean-spirited and fantastic, as a Christmas slasher kill should be. Yeah, I I agree. I think... You know, that's one, you know, I, I've tried so hard, man, over the years, like every couple of years, I'll revisit that one. And it, for me personally, it overall does not work as a movie, but in terms of the grittiness of the the kills in it, I think they work really well. So, yeah, that's a great fucking pick. And I actually yeah. did not expect to hear that on this list. So showing that movie some love is definitely very welcomed for sure. But uh, pick. for me, what I'm headed got? to... One of my favorite movies of all time, not just favorite Christmas movies or favorite horror movies of all time. Well, Santa, you look ready for a busy night. I have something for you. From the psychological slasher Christmas Evil from 1980, super underrated and underappreciated and rarely talked about it as much as it should be. Um, This is where Harry, you know, like legit the most friendly neighborhood Santa Claus, you know, just an obsessed sociopath walks up to a church as church is getting out and a bunch of yuppies are just laughing at him in his van. And he takes a toy soldier that has a very long spear coming out of its hand and stabs a motherfucker straight in the eye, followed boy, followed by four gigantic hatchet hits to his noggin and you can just hear the skull crushing <clears throat> on impact. I love this movie. He turns that motherfucker into some mashed potatoes like Christmas dinner be serving up the following day. It's always, for me, a welcome addition to my holiday season. And I usually attempt to go out and see it wherever it's being shown on the big screen. I've still yet to see it on 35mm. Um, and Alamo currently isn't allowing me to book it. So, But it's... One of my favorites. Fantastic pick. So you I, actually showed me that movie. I've I've only seen this movie one time, and it was probably ten years ago. Um, is this movie very slow starting yes, up before is. the yeah. mayhem? Yeah, that that's the one takeaway that I remember is is I think I was intoxicated watching it and being like, it's, where the, it's really where weird. The fuck 
is that's, all the killing. Yeah, Where is that's this? why I like it because you don't get any of that till later in the movie. You get a really slow build up, but it's very psychologically driven. And I think the the character study of this guy who's you know been obsessed with Santa Claus his whole life because of what happened to him when he was a kid is really interesting. I mean, the character is so fleshed out and developed for this kind of movie. Um, it didn't do well for obvious reasons. And what I love about this is when Silent Night, Deadly Night came out, I mean, everyone treated it as like the most deplorable, terrible thing to ever exist. Like it had never existed before, but Christmas evil had already been a thing, you know, all through the house had already been a thing, you know, even before Robert Zemeckis touched it in the later 80s. So it's crazy. It, it was the originator of a guy with a Santa costume killing people. Yeah, I, um, I need yeah. I need to go back and rewatch it because, like I said, it's been I've only seen it one time and it was like 10 years ago. It's it's I would say it's slasher. By definition, only by what fans consider, because he I mean, there's kills that are slasher kills, but it's way more of a psychologically driven, like thriller type of Christmas movie. And very weird. The tone is very like, strange uh, and uncomfortable. Like Gremlins, one could say. No, no, definitely not. Because <laughs> he's like, he's no, actually, no, we don't actually we don't say that. We no. don't say that. Because <laughs> because Gremlins is a family friendly <clears throat> comedy horror movie. And Christmas Evil is a dark, spooky, weird, quirky fucking movie where this guy is watching children out of his window every single day with binoculars. So totally different thing. <laughs> that <laughs> ending is bonkers. Oh, it's so nuts, dude. Yeah, but I don't want to spoil it for those that haven't seen yeah. it. If you yeah, haven't, yeah. definitely check it out. It's always, always one of the first movies that I watched during the season. But guys, we're here. Here we are. It's time for number one. I know how difficult this was for me, <sighs> Brady, and I know how not difficult it must be for you since you've never even seen any of these movies. I mean, I've only seen four movies, so... <laughs> Uh, you know, <clears throat> for my number one, started off with a quote, punishment is necessary, Pamela. It is good. <laughs> when Billy fucking kills Pamela in the back room of the store, box cutter to the oh. stomach all the way up. I love the Linnea Quigley kill with the antlers. I think that... It's iconic. I think it's mean-spirited, but this one is just brutal, and it I can't look away. And I mean, I don't want to. I mean, there's a chest there, you know, so that's great. <laughs> of but, course! <laughs> of course! But I just, I love this kill. When I think of this movie, I got the absolute pleasure of seeing it when Justin hosted it at Terror Tuesday, I think two years ago, and I went out to see it, broken hand and all, and fell in love with this movie and this kill is one of the reasons so for my number one i gotta go with pamela from silent night deadly night fantastic pick man yeah good very good pick it's a great scene i mean he's just trying yeah. to help man he's literally he's just, just trying to help and she's like no you're a fucking freak dude even though i liked you before i found out you were a freak but now no no to you and he's like oh shit never mind i'll just kill you bitch yeah <laughs> <laughs> i was gonna help you all right here all right, we jeremy. are jeremy you're number one. Numero uno. Come I'm gonna on. Go. Come on. Give me a number one. Come on. Um, I'm going to go with Roy Hansen, who just wanted to study this really cute little creature, which is absolutely a horror film known as Gremlins. Mm -hmm. Dude, the scene, the scene with, with him, he's the teacher in the lab with, the gremlin with the candy bar as a kid you can say this was this is not a horror film justin as a kid i didn't say it didn't have horror elements 
as well, a this one kid, doesn't count. This one doesn't count. Yeah, this doesn't count. Doesn't count. Yeah. Hold on. Let me let me let me think of another number one. Um. So, <laughs> dude, as a as a kid, this this scene scared the shit out of me. This one and the kitchen scene with with Billy's mom and Gremlins with uh the Gremlin and the Christmas tree, scary as fuck, man. Um. And the thing that I love about this scene, when when Roy Hansen gets killed, because let's be realistic, uh, there is not a lot of deaths. There's more like isn't, isn't that isn't that almost almost the only I'm trying to remember any other deaths in the movie. Deagle, are, Deagle, Roy Hansen. Yeah, right. There's only a couple, right? There's only Pretty a couple. Sure that's it. Yeah. Um. But dude, this uh this this scene is just so expertly directed by Joe Dante where the tension just builds and builds. You don't know where the gremlin is and he gets the candy bar and it just always scared the fuck out of me. Um, yeah. And I remember, you know, I, I watched this movie over and over and over again as a kid and every single time I watched this movie, like, do you ever have a movie where you're like, you know how something's going to end up, but you're like, rooting for it to not go that way, even though yeah, you know that's the, the only way it's going to go. Halloween kills. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, Justin is starting to shake and twitch. That's the eggnog. That's his thick, creamy drink he's drinking. <laughs> I do that's declare. proper English drink throughout the upon, evening. Upon his fourth <laughs> glass of this thick d- dick. I'm a drink. I will um, say it. It, it, does, it does nothing to me. I'm, it, I just, I can taste it. That's all. You're like, I'm just, I'm really full. And it's just like 10%, bro. It's like um, drinking water. Yeah. So every time, every time I watched this movie growing up, I was like, oh man, no, like rooting, hoping that, that our friend Roy was, was going to make it out. And he, he never does. He, he meets his demise per gremlin. So, um, it's one that's always stuck with me. That's why as soon as, the idea of us doing this top five came about. I knew that this was going to be on my list. And then once I kind of started breaking down which things were going to be on my list, I, I realized this was my number one. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really tough when you sit down to do these lists, like trying to shift things around to decipher, again, which one is your real favorite, which one had the most impact on you. You know, a lot of these movies we watched during our childhood, except for Brady. But... <laughs> Even so, as an adult, like you just said, you know, when you watch Silent Night, Deadly Night for the first time, you got to see it on the big screen for your yeah. first time with a, a huge group of people that were there that are all excited to see it. So depending on, you know, where you were when you saw this movie, it's going to impact you in a different way. But 100 percent, man, uh, mine. It's all right, Agnes. It's all right. Pretty Agnes. You already said it. It's mm-hmm. Barb portrayed by the iconic. God rest her soul, Margot Kidder stabbed at least four times with a glass unicorn horn. You already said everything that needs to be said. It's so Giallo influenced. This is the precursor to Halloween. And this is the movie that took everything that was happening in the Italian slasher movies known as Giallos and really just implemented that into the North American psyche of horror films in which leaked onto John Carpenter and leaked into Halloween, and that's what really started to build this trend of what these movies are supposed to be. But this scene, I think, is really the strongest in terms of capturing that imagery. It's so beautiful. It's so haunting. They are juxtapositioning scenes of children caroling, Oh, come let us adore him, while a drunk chick is getting brutally slaughtered by a psychopathic maniac. 
and of all things, a glass unicorn. I mean, and it gives us the most iconic imagery of the killer in the entire movie. You know, when you see like the vinyls and the posters and everything, the, the, the Blu-ray covers for the movie, that imagery of him holding that up above his head is typically what you think of in your head when you, when you see that movie and you, you think of it. So it's so special. And this to me is in my top five slashers of all time. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. I think atmosphere in, in, in terms of the first person camera stuff. And it feels again, so much like Christmas. And I think to me, that's one of the most important things about a Christmas horror movie is it needs to feel like the season. It can have lights up and snow and snowmen and the whole fucking, you know, but it, it needs to feel like Christmas. And we know Bob Clark later on did one of the most iconic Christmas mm. movies of all time with a Christmas story. So he was the right man for the job. And I just love this kill from one of my favorite Christmas horror movies, if not my favorite. I mean, I've never actually sat down to figure it out, but it probably is. So that's my number one. Great fucking picks, guys. I'm very yeah. super surprised, actually, by some of your picks. Did any of you have any honorable mentions before I spout mine off? Uh, Yeah, I got two. But Jeremy, you go first. No, I, I actually, coming up with this list, I felt like it was really hard. Um, I don't love, you know, I don't think there's, there's not a shit ton of, you know, Christmas horror flicks. I mean, are, are, are there a bunch out there like rare exports and different things like that? Yeah, like I enjoy rare exports and, and there's some other Christmas horror flicks that I enjoy. But there's not like a huge, huge long list and catalog of them. This was a really difficult thing for me to put together, and it made me realize that I don't love a bunch of Christmas horror films. Um, so, yeah, I don't have any honorable mentions because just picking five that I was happy with was was difficult for me. Fair enough. Yeah. Well, I guess I can go with mine then. Uh, I got two. The first one is not necessarily an on-screen death, but it does come from Gremlins which, like I said before, terrified me, but it's about Kate's dad and Kate Berenger, you know, the local bartender Uh, for Phoebe Mm. talks about, oh yeah, talks about why she hates Christmas. And it turns out when she was a kid, her father had dressed up as Santa Claus, went to slide down the chimney to do the whole act. Broke his fucking neck. It wasn't discovered for several days How tragic is that, man? Every time she tells that story, I almost tear up. It's like one of the most emotional scenes in the movie. Yeah. And she says, and that's how I found out there was no Santa Claus. Oh, man. Like, typically we get, I mean, my parents were assholes, so they were like, there's no, there's no Santa. It's Jesus. He gives you everything. But (laughs) So were you guys expecting Jesus to like come down the chimney and shit? Yeah, I am. I'm I'm expecting the clouds to part and he comes down. (laughs) cross and everything it'd be kind of hard to fit down a chimney but we had a gas stove it was fine um and i love that one the second one buckle up for this one oh this one is nestor the long-eared donkey i'm sorry the long-eared christmas donkey a classic animated movie that frequented abc family i knew you were gonna do this yeah i knew i I knew you were gonna do this but when i think of my childhood and maybe it's not a horror movie, but this donkey's mom sacrificed its life and was killed by the snow. <laughs> Do you know how sad that was for me? At like seven years old. And it didn't help that my Aww. mom was sitting there like, Do you see what that mom did? That's what I do for you. But this <laughs> this donkey wasn't picked 
to go out with all the other donkeys. And so the stable owner was like, well, fuck you, and threw him out in the blizzard. And the mom was like, man, I got to take care of this fucking kid, laid on top of it, and died from the cold. And it stuck with me all these years. How sad, Brady. How sad. Your childhood consisted of... That's one I've never actually watched. It wasn't in the box out that I let you borrow, was it? Was, it wasn't no, no, there. no. I can't find it anywhere. Okay, so that's probably why I've never seen probably it. Probably on the YouTubes. Yeah, there you go. That's probably more of an English film. <laughs> Upon this evening, I'll Upon try to find this evening. the rest of the... Um, and then I would say The Christmas Evil Kill as well, too. Um, through the Eye. Loves that. Oh, that almost made it on the list. That it was close so up? fucking yeah, close. Yeah. yeah. So gnarly. Um, I mean, you remember me sitting on your couch watching it, and I was like, oh my god. So, yeah. what about you, man? What uh, are your no, honorable uh, mentions? You, know, you mentioned earlier, uh, Claire being one of the most iconic of Black Christmas, strangled, suffocated with the plastic bag. You know, when that movie came cool. out, you had never seen anything like that. So that's mm-hmm. one, um, you know, obviously Jeremy mentioned Denise, Linnea Quigley, impaled through the back of the deer antlers. I loved that. That was so hard for me not to have that on my list. Um, another one, you know, Jordan being swallowed by the, the jack-in-the-box, which I loved the practical element of the effects in that scene. It did a really good job. Matched up a lot here on these. And I really yeah. did want to mention, I mean, you know, Robert Zemeckis' Tales from the Crypt episode all through the house. It's not a movie, it's a segment. It's an episode. Um, but that is one of my favorite Christmas That's things. I really wanted to include one, that. Man. It's a, it's a great one. Um, and also, you know, I really tried hard. I really wanted to include something from this, but most of the kills are off screen. One of my other favorite Christmas horror movies of all time, which I only found out about a few years ago and we screened it at Alamo draft house dial code, Santa Claus, also known as deadly games, also known as game over and a fuck ton of other names <laughs> because it's a French movie. Um, oh. it's super creepy and it has one of the most menacing, terrifying, you know, killer Santa Claus is ever put to film. Dude, he spray paints his beard, his eyebrows, and his hair pure white. It's This is the movie where, you know, it basically was the idea that John Hughes got to make Home Alone. So if you've never seen this movie, it came out before Home Alone got released in France, and it's literally a French Home Alone, except for the kid in this movie dresses up like Rambo and fucks up this killer Santa. Dude, this sounds like the best movie ever. Ever? Yeah, How the fuck have I never seen this, dude? Yeah, you just it, it sold made, me. It it re, like had a resurgence a few years ago when uh, I think it was Vinegar Syndrome released it on Blu-ray for the first time, and it was on Shutter for a little while. But yeah, man, uh, someone mentioned it to me, and I I found it and watched it, and then bought it, and then we screened it at Alamo, and it sold out, and it's a huge cult favorite and one of my favorites. But like I said, unfortunately, other than like a delivery man getting strangled and shit, almost all the kills are off screen, but it's fucking terrifying. It's very horrific and a very scary movie. So check check it out. But yeah, that's it. I mean, there's a bunch of other things I could have brought up, but I really, again, like Jeremy said, it's not easy doing these lists. And, you know, we're going to get people that are like, what about this? What about that? That's wrong. It's in the wrong spot. These are our personal lists. So it's our personal preferences and it's okay. And sometimes after we do these, we're like, oh, you know what? Yeah. Fuck, man. I should I should yeah. I should have threw that on the list. So, yeah. you know, that happens. You, you, too. you find things. I'll be sitting in the car tomorrow and be like, fuck, that one kill from that movie I forgot about. You know, I, I wanted to mention something from Elves from 1989. Jeremy, I'm pretty sure you've probably seen that one. Yeah, I, I own know? that one. <laughs> I fucking love that movie. But, you know, you got to give and take. You got to make these lists special for yourself and have some impact. So, again, I just wanted to take the time. Thank everybody for listening, getting you into the Christmas spirit, and thank our boy Brady 
from the Vintage Horror Podcast, our son, whoop, whoop. for coming on and ho, ho, ho. yeah, having a blast with us. Come sit on Santa's lap upon this evening, <laughs> upon the Christmas Eve. I'll sit be on there on your lap. I do lap, declare, baby, and slap. But yeah, it's 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 been a blast. I'm excited for the Christmas season. I kind of have to be. I've already sat around late at night. Brady knows what I do. I watch vintage Christmas commercials mm-hmm. until I pass out, and that's just part of what I do. But listen, if you liked what you've heard, if you like these episodes, if you've been really digging the brain stew content, do us a favor, head on over to iTunes and leave us a nice flavorful five star review. We would really greatly appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. And Brady would smile and his mom won't whip him with the belt this Christmas. I have been conditioned never to smile. Hmm. Yeah. You got fucking mad that one. Like, dude, I took, uh, Brady uh, took a picture with Kiefer Sutherland. We, we, we <laughs> wait- I knew you were gonna fucking we, say this. We when you waited said it around day. to meet Kiefer Sutherland in the fucking like sweltering July heat. We both got massive sunburns. No, 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 no. You were there for Kevin Bacon, Justin. No, this I, was a no, different. No, day. I remember it because I went after you guys left and waited for him, and he never came out. Oh, either. that's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah. This so day. Jeremy so- spilled soda all over my new car. <laughs> 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 so Brady fucking. Takes his his picture with uh, Kiefer Sutherland, but like he takes two because he was like, "Oh, uh, can I get an extra another picture?" Like, and so Kiefer's like, "Oh yeah, that's cool." Because Brady realized he smiled in the picture, and like apparently Brady doesn't like to smile like with your teeth or some shit. I don't remember no. what the. All right, you want to know why? This, yeah. let, let's have let's have some therapy. Tell me here. why you hate the Christmas. reason I don't like. <laughs> Well, it all goes back to Kiefer Sutherland when he jumped on that fucking Christmas tree. But <laughs> <Dude>. <laughs> you're a pirate. <laughs> all this time and I never knew. And he just takes off running and jumps headfirst into a Christmas tree. That's a real fucking video in case you guys don't know. Go look it up on YouTube. Look, look up Kiefer Sutherland jumping into Christmas tree. So, sorry, go ahead. When I was a kid, I was four and I had really bad teeth. And my parents went to the dentist and they said, hey, we need you to take care of this. And they said, all right, well, you have two options. You could either get silver caps on all four of his front teeth, or you can just pull them. And my parents said, okay, we're just going to pull them. So, Jesus Christ. Let, let, me, let me put it to you this way. You know how people try to say, like, you can't remember things from a certain age? I remember this, because I would not let them put a needle in my mouth. So they had a nurse on each arm, a nurse on each leg, and they just pulled my teeth out. Because my parents said, don't worry about numbing him. Like, just pull them out. Pulled them out. That was a painful experience. They didn't grow back until I was nine years old. So for five Christmases, everybody said, oh, I wonder what you want for Christmas. (laughs) (laughs) Dude. um, And to this day. I'm torn, man. I'm not even joking. To this day, I do not like smiling with my teeth. Dude. And so when Jeremy showed me that picture, I was like, delete it now. No, yeah, dude, I posted the picture. I posted both pictures, and he was like, delete that one. And he was, and I was like, yeah, 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 whatever. And I, like, tried laughing it off, and he was like, no, motherfucker, I'm serious. Delete that picture. Yeah, and you were on the phone with Anne, and she was like, Jeremy, just delete it. And I was like, just fucking delete it. I was like, oh, oh, shit, like, we're being serious now. I gotta delete this. Dude, no wonder the fuck you moved to Boston, man. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Shipping out to Boston. Yeah, anyways, that was uh that was my life. Merry Christmas. <laughs> Happy New Year. All <laughs> I want for Christmas is my two All right, shut the fuck up. Hey, listen, I, I, get it. I get it. Listen, hey, I was there too, bro. I, believe me, but I'm not going to get into my 
issue. I'll send you guys a picture if you want to use it for the cover art for the episode of me. I had this slick, (laughs) tan vest, corduroy pants, white shirt, and I'm sitting there. No teeth. I need the photo. It it needs to go up. It needs to go up in the group after the episode lands 100%. Actually, we should be making copies for our patrons, and you have to sign them all, and I'll mail them. I'm dead fucking serious. Our listeners are listening. I give you my word that if Brady sends me the photos, I'll have them printed and have him sign them, and then we'll send them to you. You You have to sign your name where your teeth should be. So... It looks like Brady. It says your name and your teeth. It's like I'm roaring. <laughs> you poor bastard. Oh, oh man. Oh, God. So, yeah, well, and thanks again for listening, and we hope you're looking forward to the holiday season and more Brain Stew content. I'm Justin. I am Jeremy. And as always, we like to ask you to keep it creepy. Creepy. Jingle bells, jingle bells, jingle all the way. Punish! Brain stew. Brain stew!